The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. Did you know that play is one of the most important things a child can do each day? Play allows children to experiment with concepts and ideas and make sense of the world around them. Join Rachel and Claire as they explain how important play really is for children and share advice on how to have fun playing with your kids. Hey Claire, how are you? I haven't talked to you for a while. I know. Well, you haven't talked to me because I've been on summer vacation with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to Maine and we were... It was, I wouldn't call it camping. It was more like glamping, but we were very cut off from our creature comforts, including technology, cell phone reception, email, (laughs) all the things. That's good. It's hard and good at the same time, right? Yeah. And I was actually thinking about you while I was there, Rachel, because uh, what, what the default, what ended up happening was we did a lot of playing because we didn't have technology and phones and tablets and things to fall back on. We had a lot of long days of play and it looked, it looks different for my family now than it did 10 years ago, but it in some ways looked different. In some ways it looked really a lot the same. And so it may, I was thinking about you and and our recording today because that is the topic. It is one of your favorite things to talk about. I know Mm -hmm. we're going to talk today about play and how and when and where parents can engage with their kids and play. Good segue, Claire. And I'm a huge fan of glamping. So that's why I thought maybe you were thinking of me, but I started my, uh, I, I started my career in YMCA camping. My very first job out of college was as a day camp director. I lived at a camp when I was in college for the summers with overnight campers. So I am a huge proponent of camping and all the good play and creative imaginations and just the, you know, what can you do with a couple sticks and some leaves and some dirt? And, and I've just had to evolve to glamping as I get older, you know, cause I like a good comfortable bed and not a hard ground to, to sleep on. But other than that, I'm all in on the camping and is for exactly what you're saying. So it's lovely segue and I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Um, and, and get into this conversation on play. And it's my favorite topic. I have a lot of favorite topics, but I think it is really, it's at the top three because it's so misunderstood and it's so important. It's like, it's two things at once that deserve a ton of attention. So there, it's just, there could not be more, well, there probably could be, I shouldn't say that. There, there's a ton of research about how important play is. There's not a debate about how important play is for young children in the science, in the research. There's, there's debate, uneducated debate, opinion of debate about it, but there is not... Um, there's not debate in the science about how important it is, but it just is really misunderstood. And it is, and when I say uneducated, I mean, in the developmental sciences, not just generally a comment on someone's educational level, but, and that's where it's, it's up for, it seems to be up for debate a lot and misunderstood. And so what, that's what we really want to do is dismantle some of the things that people think maybe about play or perceptions they have and, and just make it comfortable and, and okay. And it's actually something you prioritize as a parent. 
it plays at the heart of our entire philosophy at Bright Horizons. And we, the children could not be getting the great care and education that they're getting if we were not allowing a lot of space for play and true imaginary, free flowing play, not really scripted, not really directed. You know, the second you put a lot of rules on it or outcomes, then it's not really play anymore. Um, it's really how children learn about everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything, everything about everything. They learn about themselves. They learn about each other. They learn about scientific properties of things. They learn about cause and effect. They learn about sequencing and patterning. And they learn about mathematical spatial concepts. And they learn language and interpersonal relationships and sharing and regulating their emotions. Like we could go on and on. They learn about everything through play, we always talk about it. I know, Claire, you do this too, is we talk about like a learning laboratory. And if we think about a scientist who we would revere in their lab with all those beakers and burners and all those stereotypical things and they're creating and we're like, oh, fascinating, that's great. Keep doing that thing because you're going to invent the next greatest thing. That's what kids are doing. That's what mm -hmm. play is. That's, we should respect it in the same way and that it's, that it's really great for them. I, I've, I don't know why I've been in a couple situations lately where people are talking what, what kind of learning they like, but more, more lately than I have been for a while. And people say, oh, I'm a hands-on learner. Guess what? <laughs> Everybody's a hands-on learner. And who's that's the right, OG right. of the hands-on learner is those little kids playing, right? That's, that's what it is. It's the same thing. It's hands-on learning. You can learn so much. I mean, I was listing all the things that you can learn from play, but it's also really good for thinking and learning and creative problem solving and flexible and critical thinking skills, which are so important. And then I guess, I mean, obviously I could go on about this for a while, but let me just add in that yeah. it's also good for stress. It's good for yeah. stress. It's good for, it feels good. You get a lot of endorphins from play and all this can be for adults too. You get the endorphins from it as well. It's sort of like exercise. It's, it's just good for you. It's healthy for your mind, body, and soul. I definitely felt refreshed at the end of the week and my brain in a way that I hadn't in a while. I did a lot of, I did a lot of things I don't have time for in my regular life. I did a lot of walking, which is great for your body. I did a lot of reading, which is wonderful. I love to read, but I also just did a lot of following my kids' leads mm -hmm. and doing what they wanted to do. And that was really refreshing in this really cool way that we don't have time for in our normal hustle and bustle. And I know, I mean, you, you listed all these wonderful benefits, but it's, it, as you mentioned, this isn't something that we've decided at Bright Horizons. Play is so important. We know this from science and research that the National Association for the Education of Young Children, also known as NACI, has called it a central component of developmentally appropriate practice in early education and care classrooms. That's why we take it so seriously. And the United Nations High Commission on Human Rights has declared play a fundamental right of every child in the world. It is a right. And I know we've talked about this too, Rachel. There's, it doesn't matter which country you're in, what culture you're in, what language is being spoken. If you look at kids, they're playing. It is a universal act because yeah. that's, how they, they, that's how they learn everything. So I think we've made our case for why play is so important. Um, right. But the problem is, Rachel, that I've heard from many parents of young kids, and I have felt this way myself, even though I chose a career supporting young kids and families, I have sometimes felt also as a parent that it's not always super fun and mm -hmm. enjoyable. And, I, and, I, and I'm cringing even saying it, but it's true. Um, 
And those times when I felt this, when I'm like, my child's asked me to play something and you have that ugh feeling, <laughs> it's typically because I feel like there's something more important in my life I could be doing at that moment. I'm exhausted. I'm low energy. I'm stressed out about something uh, at work or in the household. I really need to be doing the dishes right now. I really need to be changing the laundry. So many, so many to-do lists in a, the average parent's life. And I'm also sometimes I'm just maybe not in a great mood and I'm not mm -hmm. feeling very playful or I don't yeah. feel like being silly. I don't feel like seeing what we can do with these sticks and rocks right now. You know, I just right. don't feel like it, Rachel. So yeah. That's what we want to yeah, talk about today. You don't feel like it. I think, yeah, it's like it can feel really pointless and how long are we going to do this for? And, oh, it's, it, I, I mean, I remember feeling that too. It was just like, how long are we going to do this? What's the point of this? And again, it's the same, mm -hmm. like we have to play the same exact thing again. We're going to play school and I'm going to be the child that's not behaving again. Or it's just like reading that same book over and over and over. And you just, as mm -hmm. an adult, you're, you have such a different experience with it than the child has. I get it. But nonetheless, nevertheless, whatever segue word you want, it is the, it's so valuable and you being a part of it sometimes is really valuable too. So just the connection alone, the modeling you can do is worth it. You'll get some of those good endorphins. You will, you will, if you get in that play. Um, but let me just clarify a couple things that play is. So maybe take the pressure off a little bit. It's not entertainment. You are not there to entertain you or the toys you buy. If you buy materials that only have one right way to do them, um, a lot of battery operated things are like this, where it's just, you just can do it one way or you can end up with, um, it's like almost like quizzing activity or entertain, kind of an entertaining, and then they're onto something new. You don't want to do that. And you don't want the materials um, that you're choosing for them to do that, that kind of closed ended entertainment play. There's something that we celebrate at Bright Horizons called International Mud Day. This goes back to our camping theme we have here. But kids just love the elements. And we celebrate International Mud Day. That comes from the World Forum Foundation on Early Care and Education. Just really honoring and respecting that all children have access to this really valuable sensory experience to just get dirty and play. Kids love mm -hmm. to play in sand and water. They don't need a lot of, they'll play in the water. You have a toddler, you know this. They'll play in the water every day if you let them. So you don't have to get real fancy about it. You are the co-pilot, the co-facilitator. You don't have to be in charge. And in fact, let them be in charge. They might tell you what to say, even if you're playing with some sort of dolls or figurines or imaginary playing. That's okay. That's them getting to be decisive and controlling and experimenting, playing mm -hmm. with roles. Let them be in charge. We really want to build those self-determination skills and that agency, meaning that they get to direct things and they feel purposeful and they feel confident in their ability to plan and see something through and adapt. Those are so important for the rest of life. And you can have those happen in play. Children start to be, make those connections between their choices and it boosts their confidence. So we really want them to have those choices and play open-ended play allows for a lot of choice. They're also exploring a lot of themes. So they might, you might have a little girl that wants to play the dad. That's okay. They're just playing that role, figuring that out. They might want to play the firefighter or the doctor. They've recently seen that. And they're trying to like, what is this? Let me make sense of this. And they can do that through play. They don't have a lot of boundaries like we do as adults between 
fantasy and reality. In fact, they're really starting trying to figure that out. And it takes until about even until like eight or 10 to really have solid understanding of the difference of those two. So it's okay that they're blending those things. It's not about a product. It's not about what happens at the end of the play. You're not trying to make something beautiful. You're not trying to keep mm -hmm. things tidy and neat. You got to embrace the mess for good, healthy play. So it may be with those, with those things in mind, take a little bit of the pressure about what it needs to be. It doesn't need to be this elaborate, fancy thing when you get involved. It can be just that good, imaginary, messy co-play. You're just in it with them. Yeah. Let them live. Did you know that you can get the Teach, Play, Love brand of learning for your preschooler every day? The very people you trust for parenting advice are behind our Bright Horizons preschool program. Learning adventures that inspire kids to reach their unique potential. One-of-a-kind preschool for your one-of-a-kind kid. That's Bright Horizons. Enrollment is happening now. Visit brighthorizons.com to find a center near you. Kids wash up really well, it turns out. So don't be afraid of the mess. I agree. And so I can, I, I, I can add a few more um, kind of, if you're, if you're really struggling in a moment, like you're starting to feel bored, you're starting to feel antsy, mm -hmm. you're wondering, I really should be doing something else right now. Take a beat and try asking your child an open-ended question about what's going on. So it's a really easy way to just kind of not, you're not inserting yourself. You're still letting them take the lead, but just use an I, I wonder statement. Like, I wonder what would happen if we added another block there. Or mm -hmm. I wonder how, what's your, I wonder what you're going to do next with those, with that, with that mud. What's, you know, and it kind of just reminds them that you're engaged. It actually makes you automatically more engaged by asking right. a wonder question. Another um, tip, especially for those of you who have kids who maybe are working on talking, our, our infant and toddler parents and caregivers, try sports casting play. It's really just as simple as narrate. Like you think about any, any professional sport you turn on the TV and see, you can be that sports caster. So it's really beneficial to your kids. You're not, again, you're not forcing anything or, or leading them down a certain path. You're really just the sports caster. Oh, you've picked up the shovel. You're sticking it in the sand. Woo! If, when you, when you lifted up your shovel, all the sand flew in the air. And maybe you're taking some pauses to see if they want to add to the conversation with a babble or even just looking at you in the face and smiling. That's them. That's that serve and return conversation. You're modeling some really good communication there. You're modeling some. And if you're adding to the play, you're going to, I'm going to pick up oh, mom's picking up her shovel. Oh, and when I pick my shovel up, all the sand went flying in the air too. What a big mess. Okay. Well, now I'm going to pick up the bucket. You're picking up your bucket. What are we going to do next? I wonder what would happen if. I wonder how we could do this. What do you think would happen if I did that? You're just just like a just like a professional sportscaster. <laughs> right. You could say anything too and they'll go with it, right? Because they don't have that line. They're not drawing a line between oh, that can never happen. So just <laughs> let your thoughts flow. Yeah, exactly. Um, another tip is to um, if you find that your child it maybe it's been a long weekend stuck inside with a lot of rain. Maybe I'm speaking from personal experience here um, is rotate out some of your materials that your child has access to that just kind of re re revitalizes and rejuvenates play. Look at your shelves. Is there something that your child hasn't touched or picked up in a while? That's fine. Move it into the closet, pull something else out to put on the shelf that can just introducing a new material in the room can revitalize a whole new 
aspect of play. It just, it just, mm -hmm. it's everyone all excited to get about what's available. If you can have, I kind of just alluded to this, if you can have a specific shelf or closet or cupboard or section of the room, have that set aside for materials that are sort of always open. And you touch on this too, Rachel, try to stock your play area with items that have more than one use. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and some of the most classic materials here, we're talking about things like sticks, acorns, blocks, blocks that are different colors or blocks that are just wooden blocks, because then your imagination can take over what color they are. Mm -hmm. Um, what other materials would you suggest, Rachel? Beans. Yeah, st yeah stones, uh, the kids love to collect rocks and pebbles. Pine cones are great. Anything that you find that you're like, what would I do with this? A lot of stuff you might actually think about throwing away. There's you like paper towel, cardboard tubes. I, I still Ooh. keep, I don't even have li little kids in the house, nor do I work in a program every day. If I see an interesting piece of cardboard, like maybe something shaped to, for a corner of a desk, I'm like, save that. Some child somewhere will love playing with that. Or um, I've even gone to stores when they're getting rid of their display models of things and ask for some of those things or fabrics or, mm. um, or like if you use thread at the, the spool at the end of it or anything, yeah. really anything, of course, that's safe and not chokeable. We'll always have right. to say that. Um, but PVC pieces of a PVC pipe, that's clean. Uh, all these things can turn into t t tops of uh, jugs of milk or juice, whatever. It's all, it's all open. And actually that stuff is because they can make it whatever they want versus it being the thing it looks like. You can make all those things we just said into a car. A car is a car. So if you give them a play car, which is okay for them to have, but that's going to be a car. But if you give yeah. them a pine cone, maybe it's going to be a person or a car or a spaceship or who knows what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And asking them questions about how they made choices about things in a curious way, not a judgmental way. Like, I don't know why you put that block there. That doesn't make any sense. But saying, I wonder why you put that there. You're showing interest. You're joining them in the play. But you're also getting to know who your child is. You're getting to know who they're becoming in the world, what they like, what they dislike. And there's just, there's just nothing more important to them in that moment than knowing that they have your attention and that you're curious yeah. about them and the choices that they made. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so it does require that you not multitask, that you can't be checking your email or texting anyone on the side. So we're, we're not asking you for hours on hours here. You can do this in the amounts of times that make sense. You're probably going to, just like any other habit, it just you get kind of used to it. You build it into your day, into rituals. It's enjoyable. You'll see the positive benefits with your child and, and it becomes easier to give that time to it. But it can be in small doses and that idea of dosing is actually an interesting one in a lot of ways in early childhood is something in small doses is better than one big bang and then never again so really think about what what makes sense what can you do because that's going to be what's the most important without being really stressed or distracted or multitasking so i think you know we both gave some suggestions claire but why don't we give some like real concrete, simple ideas. If, is, if a parent doesn't have, if you're listening, you're like, okay, this all sounds great, but like, what should I do when I get home tonight? Um, and of course you can adapt these for whatever age child you play with or you have at home or, or multiple children, whatever works. Um, I would, I'm, I'm a big proponent of those games you used to play in the playground, red light, green light, or Simon says, 
avoid getting anyone out. There's real no, really no value to that. And then suddenly yeah. someone's yeah. bored on the side watching everybody else play. But those are actually really good for cognitive development and physical pairing, physical and cognitive development together because they have to switch quickly and they have to hear new directions quickly and adapt to those. So mm -hmm. those are just fun. Those are actually really good brain and brain body connection building games. The other one is um, I'll give a couple examples. I mean, I remember being real tired some days and going, okay, here we go. We have to play, but I'm going to put myself in a situation <laughs> that I can do this. So we're going to sit on the floor. I, I got this, my playing today is going to be about sitting on the floor. So maybe you get all the blocks out and they, like you said, Claire, if you can find plain old blocks without letters, without numbers, without a bunch of stuff on them is, is great. If you have the stuff on them, it's okay, but it's best to just have good old blocks and do a bunch of STEM challenges. What's the tallest you can make it? What's the widest you can make it? Can you hold this stuffed animal? Can you make a bridge? Just give them a bunch of challenges. And I wonder if you can, um, or shapes or patterns, or um, you make a pattern and see if they can repeat it. That's That can keep you busy for a long time and you're sitting on the floor or in a comfortable spot that whole time. I spent a lot of time laying on the grass with my kids at the park if I just needed a break mm. from all the running around and looking at the cloud shapes and guessing and making up stories and you say one word, I'll say another word, low energy activity, and it's super creative and playful. That's right. Yep. That's, I'm a big fan of, of the sitting on the floor games after the end, <laughs> the end of a really long work day. Yeah. Um, or sitting at the table, right? Play-Doh. That's a great open-ended material. Clay art supplies, just letting your imagination wander and doing those things with your child. So valuable. Um, yeah. Also taking a really simple walk around the block, no matter where mm. you live, city, suburb, country, that's play. You can walk around with no agenda, follow your child's lead. Do they want to sit down and squat in the dirt for five minutes and look at the ant? What's that mm -hmm. ant doing? I wonder what that ant's up to. That's great. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're engaged in the same activity. Then you're going to maybe compare, you're going to contrast, you're going to categorize things. You can then read a, read a book about insects from the library next. I mean, there's just so many ways you can scaffold and build upon one simple play activity into many, many other webs of play activities and exactly. your child loves that. They love yeah. it. Yeah. And that just that unrush, that unhurried time is so precious. So if they get that, especially if you start to make this a ritual, if you just do a walk around the block when you get home for the day, I mean, what that's that fills all sorts of things that we always advise. You have a ritual, you have a moment of connection. It's open ended. It's unhurried. It's good for everybody's endorphins. Um, and I love what you were saying about Play-Doh or clay. You could do a, a bathtub or, or a bin of water. You can have, you can make your own sensory table or sensory bucket with sand or a sandbox or whatever, and just put some interesting items in there. And so that just that alone introduces a new kind of play in that open-ended extended play. I mean, give a three-year-old an egg beater and see what happens. That's a pretty <laughs> cool phenomenon, right? That technology right there. So it's just, it's, you don't have to get, Oh, I have to buy, you know, the new Lego set or the new um, Play-Doh, all the supplies that come with it. You can, you can buy, those are both good open-ended materials and toys, but you don't have to. You can get some rolling pins and some cookie cutters that you already have and an egg beater or something or a spoon or whatever you want to introduce and just not all at once and just keep it interesting and see what happens. Be real curious about how that goes. If you're flexible and you're having fun, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be right. positive.
Yep. Just be flexible, go with the flow. There's a really good endorphin bump here. I can tell you from experience on vacation last week, that it, it, it's kind of like going, kind of like exercising. Everyone gets a little endorphin shot when they play. Yeah. I mean, hopefully this is really helpful in terms of we gave you the value. We helped you understand how to define play and we gave you some good starter examples. I'm confident that any parent, you know, parents love and enjoy being with their children and just letting yourself go a little bit in these moments and not having so much pressure on what this play has to look like is it can just make it all the more enjoyable. I mean, kids spend their time so much time in an adult's world, following their rules, complying with their schedules, having decisions made for them. So when you engage with them, you're telling them your world is important to me. I want to find out about you, what you're thinking, what you prefer, and you're just going to come visit for a while. And what a special message and moment that can be for both of you. As Rachel just shared, when you spend time playing with your kids, you're telling them your world is important to me. I want to find out about you. While it may seem easier to let your kids play on their own while you take care of other priorities, Setting aside time each day to play together can foster their growth and development, as well as create lasting family memories. Get parenting advice from Rachel and Claire. You can leave them a voicemail by calling 617-673-8881, and your question may be answered in a future episode of Teach Play Love. You can also send them an email at teach.playlove at brighthorizons.com. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.